Brother Marty. Good to see everybody today at Harvest Baptist Church. What a wonderful blessing that is. And I really appreciate your friendships more than I can tell you. And uh, it's always good to meet new people and, and see others that you've known for a while. And I hope the day that God would give us something here in the space of the next two hours. And uh, I told a fellow the other day, Miss Sony, I said uh, he recommended that I apply the cooking technique to my preaching. And I said, what's that? He said, more shortening. Well, anyway, I hope today that maybe we can have a little shortening and still get this message in. My, what a wonderful looking crowd. I, I hope that everybody is feeling as good as you look. I, I asked a fellow that not long ago. I said, do you think I could be feeling as good as I look? And he said, why don't we call 911? But anyway, <laughs> if you have your Bibles here today, glad to have Brother Byron Lowry with me today, my new friend that I met in Alaska. And I'm going to ask you to stand today and look at 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse number 5. Verse number 5. You might want to stand for the reading of the word. Verse number 5. Examine yourselves, whether ye be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know you not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for the word of God. Now help us to be at our best for you. In Jesus' name and amen. I'm preaching today. It's time for your next examination. You may be seated. Uh, you know, you go to the doctor, and uh, it's, uh, they'll say, well, now I'm going to give you a card for your next examination. One fellow went to the doctor, and his doctor told him, he said, now I'll have you walking within 30 days, within 30 days. The fellow said he was right. He said, I had to sell my car to pay for the bill. <laughs> One person went to the doctor and the doctor told him, he said, now that $50 check you gave me came back. He said, so did the arthritis. <laughs> but it's time for your next examination whether it be hearing or dental or whatever malady that we might have in life, and I guess we do have aches and pains from time to time, but sometimes it's time for your next examination. Pat Buchanan in his book, The Death of the West, said, In half a lifetime, many Americans have seen their God dethroned their heroes defiled, their culture polluted, their country invaded, and themselves demonized as bigots and extremists for holding on to beliefs that Americans have held for generations. I think sometimes it would be nice to take maybe a legal pad and on one side put down what you believe and put down, did granny or grandpa believe this? I wonder what we would have found out. 
Now, what I say today is spoken in love. I'm not here to be a critic or be abrasive. God help us. But see, I told them the other night, I'll tell you, I come from a different culture. When I was growing up, grass was something we mowed. Aids were the people that worked in the principal's office. Coke was something we drank, and coming out of the closet meant we'd been playing hide-and-go-seek. You see, my mother didn't have formal education. Now, I realize that can be very important. Mom was born in 18 and 99. I'm the son of old age. My mother would never have known if I'd gone to her and said, Mom, is this a dangling participle? Is this a parenthetical phrase? Are you sure that I've got the right subject verb agreement? Is my paragraph construction okay? Am I using the right, the right etymological derivation for my words? Mama would have said, honey, now you rest a little while and you'll be feeling better. Because <laughs> she didn't know. Mother hadn't traveled very far. She was a product of her region. She could make cornbread that was absolutely delicious. It wasn't very thick. She made it in a cast iron skillet. And it was just as brown on one side as it was on the other. Of course, there was a law in the state legislature of Kentucky that said you couldn't put sugar in cornbread. And so... We came from that background, Miss Sonny. We grew up just, we didn't have steaks. We never ate much beef. I don't ever recall eating it until we got a hamburger. We always ate pork. We ate stuff that was good for you, stuff that was prepared in lard. <laughs> Pie fittings that had a good crust about them. We didn't know anything about these oils today like a canola and all of that. We'd never heard about eating a lot of, of, of uh, like greens and salads. I didn't know what a salad was. We were supposed to eat stuff where the meat grease would get on your chin. And uh, consequently, when I did a little study of the animals like over in Africa, I found out that those real sleek, tender animals that were docile when they were in a cage, but wild and goats, when they were out of one, man, they, they had ability. Their dexterity was something else. They could run, man, you couldn't keep up with them. In seeing that on film footage, but then I saw animals that were more my size. And I could tell that they'd been eating that greenery, that vegetation. I quickly concluded that salads are killing us. <laughs> We've got to go back to eating more salt pork bacon. If you haven't gotten a can of beanie weenies in your cabinet, stop and get them on the way home today. But getting down to this message, it's time for your next examination. I ask you first of all today, are you a Christian? 
If not, you have the wrong master. What about your service? Adrian Rogers said, what does God want for my life? And he answered it rhetorically by saying this, what God wants for my life is what I want for my life if I were smart enough to want it. Do you ever get to thinking, sometimes I do, and, and I've made the mistake. I told my wife not long ago, I said, honey, I think I'm a slow learner. And she agreed with it. <laughs> I mean, are you wanting, I, I'm gonna ask some questions today because it's time for your examination. I'm gonna be kind of like the doctor today. I might have been a doctor if I'd have had the patience, but, but I'm asking a question today. Would you like to sup with Jesus today? I read in the second book of the Revelation where Christ is walking in the midst of the churches. And by the third chapter, do you know where Christ is? He's outside the door knocking, trying to get into the church to fellowship with somebody. I know we present it as an invitation for sinners, and I don't have a problem with that, but I'm here to tell you today, he's wanting to fellowship with you today. How long has it been? I mean, are you consumed today with a love for Christ? Does sin no longer convict you? Are you no longer concerned about the second coming? Friends, I hate to say this, but if we fall into those categories, we may have left our first love. If we are no longer consumed, I want to give you a quick illustration. I think I used this here one time. When I fell in love with my bride, boy, I thought she was the prettiest girl I'd ever seen. Mike Pence said I married 10 levels above my pay grade. I must have been a good talker, I'm not sure, but I knew I was in love. I told my cousin that weekend, I said, I'll marry her, not knowing that I would marry her, but I was consumed. I wanted to be around her. Had she been in a snowstorm somewhere, I would have said, oh, honey, I'll be there. If I would have known that she was in distress, I'd have said, hey, babe, I'll be there as quickly as I can. I was consumed. I remember when I got saved, how that I got consumed. I went home and I told backslidden relatives, I said, I got saved today. I told others, I said, I got saved. Now hear, don't hear me out, don't, don't, don't jump too quick. I'm not trusting just in a prayer to take me to heaven. I'm trusting in a person. Now don't get me wrong, I'm nothing against prayer and sinners asking God to save them. I'm not against that. I'm just simply saying, in this examination, since you've come into my office, I'm asking you today, how long has it been since you've been consumed? The doctor's gonna ask you now about your blood pressure. He's gonna say, how long has it been since we took that blood pressure? Was it the last time you were here? Do you feel the Bible is the word of God in this examination? 
What have you been reading lately? The Bible will give you hope. It'll give you inspiration. It'll give you encouragement. It tells you of a better place you can go to where there's no cloudy days. Amen. When you get down in depression, when you feel depravity is your lot, I'm here to tell you, man, I feel like preaching, that the God of Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. You see, he's the God-man. I wish I could preach today. He was a man in the fact that he would eat, but he was God in the fact that he could feed 5,000. He was man in the fact that he would sleep, but God in the fact that he would come out of that sleep and rebuke the wind. Get good. He was man in the fact that he would die. Come on. But he was God in the fact that he would rise victorious over death in the grave. Hallelujah. Boy, I like to hear those words in church, don't you? I've heard people say, well, I don't get too emotional in church. And then somebody saw him at the ball game. They saw him squeeze the hot dog right out of the bun. And they know they do get emotional. Boy, when your favorite team is a winning, man, you forget about everything else. You see, I'm here to tell you, do you realize that we're living in real deception today? Brother Lowry asked me something a while ago. We were seeing a preacher, and I'm not knocking somebody. I, that's not my lot. But I'm here to tell you, why is it that a prosperity gospel, name it and claim it, can pull 60,000 people and a fundamental Bible-believing church has room usually adequate Something's wrong. In this examination, since you've stepped into my office today, do you realize there will be an increase in demonic activity? It's just as sure to happen something is wrong when men can go to shopping malls or sporting events and just kill people without any reason to. Are you with me today? Are you with me? You see, do you, what motivates you? Are you motivated to get to church? I'm going to ask it now. Will you all be back tonight? Amen. Now, what am I, why am I asking? Is there going to something happen to you between now and tonight that will preclude your coming back? What if your favorite quarterback or your favorite heroiness, or your favorite actor was going to be here tonight and you knew it. How many would almost kill each other to get on the front row? When Brother Marty took me yesterday to see Fanny's grave, I, I got something from that I hope I never lose. When I saw Tom Thumb, the little guy that had to use his physical demeanor for advancement. When I saw P.T. Barnum, Phineas T. Barnum, that died in 1890, 
the master of deception that said that a sucker's born every moment. And then I see a little old grave marker over here that was the first for Fanny Crosby who can't begin to draw the crowds that a master of deceit and one that uses physical limitations as a draw and make money. And then over here, almost now unknown to many people that live in Connecticut that she ever existed. But far above the starry sky, she's beholding the face of her Savior. The one that was blinded almost from birth now has perfect vision. And she can sing, face to face I shall behold him far above the starry skies. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Somebody ought to get excited. Amen. Don't go to church and think you're at a wake. Liven up. Praise God. We're not going to go to heaven and when we get there, try to impress God with our pedagogic. We're not going to go to heaven and say, oh God, this is kind of nice. Why, who would have thought a street of gold, a gate of pearl? No, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll bow at his feet. Woo! We'll say worthy is the risen lamb. Hallelujah to the lamb of God. My little boy that died from a malignant brain tumor will rub. I believe Brother Marty, I'll know him. I believe that we'll be saying glory, glory to the lamb. Hallelujah. I want to get practice up down here, don't you? What would it be like to go to heaven and not have any praise on your lips? Would you feel out of place? Somebody says, well, when I get there, Brother Andrew, you better look out for me. You better look out for me here. I'm about to get beside myself. You know why I'm waiting with eager anticipation? For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, then we which are alive and remain, whoo, shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Somebody say, praise God. Is this doing anything for you? Not doing anything for you? If we'll get saved, it'll do something for us. Amen? Amen? You see, I'm asking today, it's time for your next examination. I'm going to ask you a question. As the doctor today, I'm going to ask you a question. This virus that's been going around of deceit, how's it affecting the family? The dad okay? Your hubby okay? Has this virus gotten to him? How about your children? Boy, it's very rampant. I've been hearing that everybody's been contaminated with this bug because somebody told me the other day that said we'd all sinned. 
and come short of the glory of God. What about your kids? Are they saved? I tell you what, neighbor, we ought to spend less time on trying to get them to Harvard and more time on trying to get them to heaven. Amen. Listen to me. The man who takes no pride in the child in the playpen had better get ready to visit him in the state pen. Did you hear me? You said, well, I'm going to get my kids a wonderful degree. Wonderful. A fellow asked a question one time. I'm the doctor today. I'm asking just a few questions. I know they're a little personal. Please forgive me. Man told a fellow one time, he came into the office and he said, well, I want to get my kids and get them a good degree. And the guy said, that'll be fine. He said, what then? He said, oh, they'll go out and have wonderful careers and no doubt they'll have a family. He said, what then? He said, well, I'm sure they'll, you know, work and be productive citizens. They'll contribute to the economy. They will be, no doubt, good socializing type people. And they'll raise their families. And then my wife and I will be getting up in a little bit our age. What then? He said, well, probably won't be too long. We'd be thinking about a retirement center or, well... I guess we'll just live out our life. And the neighbor said, what then? He said, well, you've asked me for empirical evidence. You're not wanting me to hypothesize, but what about what then? He said, well, I guess we'll face eternity. And he said, what then? For what? Are you listening? For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? It's time for your next examination. We've got to go farther with this. Are you a Christian? Do you mind? I'm asking now symbolically and figuratively what makes you think you are? Now, you've been in the examination room and you've come in here and I've asked you a series of questions. What makes you think you have this thing we call Christianity? If you were in a court of law, is there enough evidence to convict you? If somebody, if you told somebody, I'm a Christian, would they say, oh, no doubt about it? Or would they say, are we talking about the same person? Do you know, boy, this is good. It's hard to be a Christian if you're not one. Do you remember a Bethel spot in your life where you came to grips with the fact that unless God saved you, there was no hope? Oh, Brother Byron over a man, he could encourage me to jump over a cliff. I'm here to tell you today, folks, let me tell you something. I remember the day when the Lord saved me. If you remember it, say amen. amen. Boy, it's getting good. We might as well just go into a week revival here. 
I'm here to tell you today, this is your next examination. I'm hurrying now. How do you live, by the way, since you've come to the office today? Are you living peaceably with your neighbors? Do you get along with them? Do you go through life depressed? Do we live for self-gratification? Is it all about me? Do you get all you can, can all you get, and then can the rest of it? Do you have the fruit of the Spirit? My little great-grandson, I'm telling you, he's cute as a button, but as ornery as anything you've ever seen. I'm telling you, my wife and I both agreed. If we had to look after him long, we'd have multiple nervous breakdowns. It wouldn't be one. It'd be multiple. But he, he, he can look at you, and when he says Gwanny, man, that seals it right there. He wants Gwanny to make his oatmeal. Nobody else can make it Gwanny. But I'm here to tell you here today is this. He, went to, he goes to his mama's teaching at Grace Baptist Church, and he came and in his Sunday school somewhere, vacation Bible school, <laughs> he asked somebody, asked one of his grandmas if they had the food of the Spirit. Now, wherever he got it, he certainly needed it. He needs it, but he's lovable. But if he sees you sitting over, he's got to come through and push you the next way over or whatever. I'm here to tell you today, do you have that fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, meekness, long-suffering, patience, godliness. How about while you're here visiting in the office, are you holding any grudges against anybody? Are you? I'm talking about other than your husband. Oh, by the way, the weather's gonna start getting cooler. How are we gonna dress for it? I'm not getting off onto that one. I know to leave that one alone. But see, my generation was of a different stripe. I think I had maybe like one little old white shirt. I always like to wear a tie. Brother Marty says he almost never sees me without one. I like to wear a tie. I'm not saying you have to. Brother Byron, we were talking this morning a little bit about facial hair. I don't have a thing in the world against it. I told Brother Lowry, I said, I may be the one living heathen. I said, in the Bible, it seemed like everybody had a beard that I can read about. And I only throw that in for good measure because you're in for this examination. How about this one? I, I've got to ask you a question. Now, you come to the office for your examination. Are you giving much time to God? Are we spending more time on Facebook? Now, I'm talking to myself about that one. I post a lot on Facebook, and I don't know if it's good or bad. I try to make it a Christian witness, but let's not be fooled. God is not mocked. We better be giving him some time, right? Are we giving of our treasures? And then lastly, are you giving of your testimony? Now, I'm closing here in just a very few minutes. See, you've come into the office. The Bible right here said this, examine yourselves whether ye be in the faith. I didn't write that. 
Do you know? By the way, you'll want to, once you leave the office today, you'll need to be aware of this, that we're living in spiritual warfare. Did you know that with the rights that you have as your doctor, I'm telling you, comes responsibilities. Did you know that God doesn't have any grandchildren? Do you feel like that we ought to help educate, advocate, and participate for the next generation? I've got one more question as your doctor. Is it all right if I ask? I know you're paying a good fee for this. You know, you can't get any time with a doctor. You can hear the door open and it'll slam back the other way. Did you know that we're in the Laodicean church age? Now, what does that mean? Does that mean we ought to quit? No. We ought to be more invigorated than we've ever been. I don't know what's going to happen in these last days, but I want to ask you a question. What do you feel like it'll be like 10 years from now? If you were writing down, because I'm going to give you the prescription, you can take it to the pharmacy and get it filled just as soon as the service is over. Take this prescription with you. Do you have any idea how you'll be feeling in just a few weeks or months or years? Would it be more likely to be beneficial for Christians or less beneficial? Will church be doing better or will it be doing worse? Will pastors be pastoring? Will the Bible have become outdated? Will LGBTQ rights take superiority over the written word of God? Will same-sex marriage replace what your parents had? Now, here's the biggie question, and you say it might not happen, Andrew, but as a doctor, let me just warn you. Do you feel that maybe we could lose these freedoms if the wrong people get in power, uh, powerful positions? Will I still have the right to call sin by name? The Bible said every man did what was right in his own eyes. We're to the point now, somebody mentioned it, one of the church people here that said, are you with me? Somebody asked the question. They said, we've given up on absolutes. We're now into moral relativism and secular humanism. We're going to do what we want to do regardless of the consequence. That's the feeling in America today. Don't tell somebody that thus saith the word of God. Well, they say, what does that mean? They want to go somewhere where the ears can be tickled, where truth is put on the altar of convenience, where truth becomes hate to those who hate the truth. As your doctor. I'm trying to tell you something today. Joshua said, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. In this examination today, I'm not going to ask too much of you, but I'm going to ask this. Would it be asking 
too much? If we invited folks to come down here and say, examine yourselves, or have you already examined it? I'm going to be negative just for a moment. I go to many churches across the land and country, and I can tell you some have already made up their minds. The Bible in the book of Hosea, talking about Ephraim, said, let him alone. He's joined to idols. He's not going to listen. You can talk, preach, pray, but no, we're not going to listen. Are you going to change anything in your habits? I need to change my diet. I need to change my spiritual habits. I tell you what I need to do. In this, since I'm examining you, I'm going to examine myself. I need to pray more. I need to bless the God of heaven more. I need to study more. I need to love God's people more. I need to love the things of God. This world's not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. This is a painful examination, but you've come to the doctor's office. I'm asking today this question. Are you, it's time for your next examination. And when I come back, or when you come back, I wonder what the report will be then. Will you say, oh, Brother Marty, I've changed this. I've changed that. You wouldn't believe, Brother Marty, Pastor Marty, how good I'm doing spiritually. I'm happy. I love the church. I love the preaching. I love the singing. It's nothing ever along, wrong with the preaching of the gospel. I've found out that if there's any problem, it's what's wrong with me. I got to examine myself. Am I in the faith? One last sobering question. Do you know that you know that you've been born again? It's not a matter of being embarrassed, but if the EMTs were called to your row right now and somebody said, something's happened here back on row number eight, or row number four, or row number two. We don't know what's going on. And the EMTs were to get to you and they said, well, we don't know what's happened. Maybe an aneurysm, maybe this, might be this. Is it well with your soul? Have you examined yourself? Let's stand today. I'm gonna ask this question. It's time that we truly examine ourselves we're not, there's one thing for sure. You can choose heaven, you can reject it, but you can't stay where you are. There'll come a time when you'll hear of my demise. Somebody will maybe call somebody, Brother Shot or somebody, and say, did you know that Brother Andrew has crossed over? He found him a crossing place. What would it be like then? Will I be in the presence of the Lord? I've got a good thing to tell you. I know in whom I've believed and am persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. I know my Redeemer liveth. As we get a song of invitation, before we sing one verse, I want you to bow your heads today.
You've been in the examination room. How many of you say, well, I examined myself and I found out just hearing you preach today that I'm a Christian, that I know beyond a shadow of a doubt. Would you slip that hand up? High, would you put it high? If you really mean it and you're proud of it, raise both hands up. Now wave them a little bit. I want to ask you a question today. Is your spiritual appetite doing good? You've not lost your appetite, have you? You're not losing weight spiritually. I mean, say, well, Brother Andrew, I tell you what, I believe my spiritual appetite could be increased just a little bit. Is there one like that better? Is there one anybody like that today? How many say, I'd really like to be in love with the Lord one more time? Praise God forever. How many of you say, I love him enough that I'm going to come down here and praise him and thank him as we're getting ready to sing?